Alrighty, g'day guys and welcome to the Bradley J Driver Experience. I'm your host, Bradley Driver. As always, you can call me Brad. And today I'm here with a guy who's been trying to get on here for probably two months now, but um, very much the same as yesterday, the craziness of the world has sort of held us back a little bit. As well as this guy's a very busy man, venturing around the world, doing ultra endurance events and accomplishing a number of very big fitness feats, which we're going to talk about in today's episode. Ladies and gentlemen, Ben Seymour. How are you, mate? Thank you very much for having me. Yeah, good. Great. Good to hear. A uh, very, very weird time of the world, but um, yeah, just uh, adapting, adapting to Mate. everything and uh, taking it as it comes. Definitely. It's, um, I think for me, one thing I've noticed, I've probably been following you for around three years now, um, just through social. And you've obviously got a great, well, two great gyms now, which we'll talk about throughout the potty today, but you've got a very good online presence. So I can imagine that's helping at the moment you to do your job within these very weird times. Yeah, absolutely. It's an aspect um, that sort of has always, always sort of been there, but now with um, the closing of gyms and things like that, it's everyone's gone virtual. So it's quite a competitive market, I guess. Um, and I guess I've been lucky enough to be doing it for a, a little bit. Um, and obviously with the help of BFIT as well, we've put all of that online um, now. But yeah, mate, everyone seems to be going, going online to uh, keep, keep business open. 100%. 100%. So you've actually just come back from, um, correct me if I'm wrong, maybe two weeks ago, you got back from overseas? Yeah, so I was in Dubai um, competing with... Uh, with a team for Turf Games. Okay, and what's Turf which Games? Was, um, so Turf Games is, is, it's not CrossFit at all, but it's similar. Um, it's, you know, team-based um, workout. It's all over the world. It originated in London. Um, a guy called Andy started it. Um, and it's just, you know, there's always everyday athletes. There's a couple of divisions, everyday athletes, and then, um, you know, not professional athletes, professional athletes do it as well, I guess, but um, so anyone can join in. There's not a whole lot of Olympic lifting or gymnastics, um, but mate, it's just an awesome day of competing. Um, you probably go through about four workouts um, and then into finals if you're lucky enough to make it. How'd you go? We got third. We got third. So a little bit surprised, and, but um, mate, we were stoked. There were some uh, quality teams there. And, mate, that um, doesn't surprise athletes. me though, because... Mate, I've seen some of the stuff you do on IG and, mate, you're a fucking physical specimen. Um, and <laughs> you've obviously got some, some real conditioning because one thing I'm, I'm really keen to hear about is the way that you structure your weeks. And we won't go too much into it because I know that's probably quite intense and probably quite, um, quite well planned to, to the rep, I dare say, for you, someone like yourself who is having that much of an output. What are you actually doing? Like, what does a typical day in the life of Ben Seymour look like amongst business and training? Um, yeah, it's kind of a balancing act, I guess. Um, really depends on what I'm training for. Um, so I've done, you know, when I'm leading up into some ultras, um, obviously a lot more running and trying to cut back on my weight. Um, I struggle to drop weight i hold weight pretty well um you know muscle mass and things like that and at the moment i'm weighing about 92 93 kilos which is not ideal to be running ultras but um having that strength base i think 
sort of plays its part in the end, um, yeah. you know, after sort of day five, day six, um, being stronger and conditioned um, puts me in good stead to finish those races off. But, yeah, it's, I, I, I'd like to train really goal orientated and have a purpose um, for every session and every week. Um, you know, beef, it's my staple training in terms of my strength and conditioning. And then I work around that, whether I need to be incorporating a lot more running um, and then ensuring that I'm recovering well, not putting too much strain on my joints, being a bit of a heavier guy and, you know, substituting in some biking or um, things like that for the running. Yeah, awesome. And you've got obviously a BFIT. From what I can see over social, you guys have got a very functional style of training. Yeah, absolutely. So it's strength and conditioning based um, six days a week. Uh, you got three days of strength, so Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Monday, you squat. Wednesday, you hinge or deadlift um, and glute bridge. And then Friday is sort of an upper body push and pull. Um, and then your Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday is your conditioning session. So you're either working sort of by yourself in an EMOM or, you know, rounds for time. Um, or you could be working in a pair, you go, I go kind of thing, or even in a team. Yeah. And as a business, is that just yourself or are you, you in partnership with people there or? No, so I don't technically, I, I actually don't own BeFit. Um, BeFit training is owned by Ben Ezekiel and there's a couple of other guys that have uh, come on board with him. Um, you know, Sam Dishaquil's been there for a fair few years. I was lucky enough to be a part of BeFit um, about three years ago. Uh, about four years ago, I finished up rugby, um, started PTing and started my own business and was doing that. Um, and then I went in, due to, due to uh, they moved to Double Bay um, and there was a, it's an awesome facility. They had some great coaches there and still do, obviously. And um, I just started doing all my training there. So I'd go and do the 5.15 class in the morning. Um, and then start my clients at six just up the road um, and it just became good mates and then it was like you know why don't you come down and work here so I started working there and all that kind of stuff and then um, they started franchising so I made my Benny Wolford opened the first one in Adelaide um, and they've been crushing it ever since and then from there we wanted to go down to Melbourne so my plan was to move to Melbourne and uh, and take it down there so I've got ownership in there with a couple other guys um, didn't end up moving to, didn't end up moving to Melbourne but um, yeah still down there yeah, nice. A fair bit. And, and so tell me, you, you touched on it there, which was going to be my next question. Um, rugby background. I was going to ask what your background was because you're obviously, I think for anyone, and it's not to say that the average person can't go and do it, but I think for anyone that has the discipline you have and the, the physical fitness and conditioning and obviously a body that's spent years of training and, and developing, I was interested to hear what your background was. So talk to us about rugby. Yeah, so he's born in New Zealand and uh, that's pretty much all we do over there is throw the footy around. So I did that since I was four um, and then moved to, Austra moved to Australia when I was 13 um, and, you know, just ripped into rugby over here, went to Scots College and played rugby all through there. When I left, um, I was at the Waratahs for two years um, and then I moved to Perth to play for the Western Force. Um, and then from there, I went over to France, back to New Zealand, back to France and then Italy for a couple of years. What's your most fun rug rugby experience? Um, it'd have to be a couple. I guess making my Super Rugby debut was very special, something that I dreamed of as being a kid. And to do it in front of my family and things like that was really special. Um, to go back and play in front of my grandparents in New Zealand, um, who were, you know, unfortunately couldn't travel due to their age and things like that all the time and didn't, couldn't watch me on playing on television. So that was really special when we got to go and play in their hometown. 
Um, and then probably in France, uh, my first game playing against Toulon and Johnny Wilkinson and Matt Guido and those kind of guys oh, wow. was, um, yeah, something pretty special. And what posi did you play? Um, I was about first five inside centre or fullback. Yeah, nice. So, That's exciting, yeah. man. I didn't know that. I've learned something there today. <laughs> so where yeah, did you spend most uh, of your career? Um, I sort of all over the place. So I was, yeah, obviously two years at the Waratahs here in Sydney um, and then spent one year in Perth and then I got the opportunity to go to France. And, um, you yeah, know, when I was probably 16, I always dreamt of going and playing in France and playing overseas against those sort of big teams and big name players that went over there because that's where sort of the, the big money was, I guess, for those guys. Um, and just being able to go and experience the world doing something that I loved. Um, yeah, I never, never, yeah, never took that for granted. I mean, every weekend that we had off, we'd be able to travel or, or do something like that. It was, it was hard being so far away from your family, but um, to see the world like that was special. Yeah, definitely. And I've heard it probably surprises a lot of people because obviously soccer is the European game, but I've heard that rugby is a real, like people fucking love it in France. Yeah, they're very, very passionate fans. Um, you know, if you're winning, they love you. And if you're losing, they hate you. Yeah, but um, yeah, they're very passionate. Very passionate. Nice. And was that a hard decision, calling it a day at the end of your career? Um, yeah, yeah, it was. I was in Italy and and uh, in my contract were bonuses for winning competitions. And we won three of the three competitions that we played in one year. And then uh, we were sort of going halfway through the second year and I still hadn't got my bonus. Um, and yeah, it was just a lack of disrespect from from coaches and presidents of club and and yeah. things like that. And um, it was hard going to training every day on time when you guys when they weren't paying, you know, on time or whatever it was. So yeah, um, I made a decision with my family to come home, and I didn't know if it was going to be the end or or what it was going to be. But um, yeah, I no regrets in that sort of decision. I was lucky enough to fall on my feet in the fitness industry um, back here, but. You know, at 4 a.m. in the morning, some days you're like, man, I wish I was playing footy. Or, you know, when it's winter here, you wish you are in a European summer. But mate, yeah. um, I was lucky to, you know, to play as much as I did. And um, I'm really enjoying, you know, no niggling injuries and, and uh, conquering some different yeah. goals of mine. Definitely. And so talk to me about, obviously, it's quite a transition from professional rugby to then finding yourself doing more endurance-based events. When did you start doing your first endurance-based stuff and actually find a love for that? Yeah, um, you know, it's different coming from a team environment where you've got your mates around you all the time to help drive you, you know, when you're down um, and you're tired. But then going into sort of a solo sport where you control your training, you, you've got to get yourself up in the morning and push yourself past those caves that, you know, start hurting and things like that. Um, my first sort of one was probably the Motatapu, which is in Queenstown in New Zealand. Um, I had a couple of mates over there that wanted to go and do it. And, you know, I just said, yeah, whatever, let's go. And I think it was, I think it was a 42K sort of mountain run. And um, it was uh, pretty, pretty emotional, actually. I actually witnessed this guy have a heart attack about seven Ks oh, wow. in. Um, and I was, I was uh, third on scene. So, um, you know, people were administering first aid and I had to sprint to the next aid station. And I was, you know, pulling my eyes out, shaking and everything like that. It was pretty... Pretty emotional, and then to get to that aid station, have to try and continue. Um, I was cramping all over the place, and all that kind of stuff. But 
finished it and and then I sort of I guess I just found the love for pushing yourself through past those boundaries or your perceived limits um and not taking it for granted 100% and obviously you've gone on to do a lot more since is there an event that I know this year you you know you said you went to Dubai for the turf games but you were supposed to go to LA weren't you which obviously yeah so we were supposed yeah supposed to be in LA and doing the uh the speed project which got has been postponed to October at this stage, um, and then from there I was I was coming home for a month, and then I was going to go back to America um, with a couple of mates and do across across America across the American Discovery Trail. So that's um, been been postponed at the moment, um, but yeah, hopefully uh, towards the end of the year we'll be able to get into that one. And is this something now that you get invites to some of these events, or you more so put your hand up? Because I can imagine, like the the caliber of the athlete that you see at these events is not just every man and his dog saying, "Yeah, fuck yeah, I'll have a crack." It's, um, yeah. you know, th- there's some sort of qualification. I can imagine that you have to, do you have to be able to maintain? Yeah, yeah, I guess there is in 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 a lot of them. I mean, turf games is open to anyone um, who wants to sort of have a crack. And I'm lucky enough to be I've work been working with turf games for uh, a bit over a year now, um, and been lucky enough to travel to their summer festival in London and compete over there for the Australian team, and then um, and then uh, towards the end of last year for their summer festival in Australia. Um, but yeah, I get invited to a few events. I guess I'm pretty lucky in that aspect. But um, I always just make a decision on how I, how I'm feeling and sort of what I want to achieve as well. Yeah, awesome. And have you ever heard of there's an event that it just made me think of it when you spoke about the event in Queenstown a while ago. There's an event that I watched a, a doco on probably two, three years back now called Beat the Sun. Over no, in, I haven't heard of that one. It's, I think it's an ASICS event and it's um, yep. something to do with, it's, it's one of the mountains in France or Italy or somewhere like that where I think you actually cross through three countries but I think they take off. It's it's teams from all around the world. I remember watching they take off at sunrise and you've got to beat the sunset. um, Well, that sounds wicked. Yeah, it's pretty cool, man. You should look into it. It'd be right up your alley, eh? I know it's... Yeah, 100%. Have have a gaze, but um, I fucking... Because I won't ever get there to do it. And so (laughs) it'd be cool to watch someone else. But talk to me like... Obviously, you touched on your training. There's a good mix of stuff and it's very goal-focused. I can imagine nutrition's very much the same for you. But overall, looking at your nutrition, do you, I know there's a number of different philosophies. You know, there's keto, there's more carb-based, there's paleo. There's, there's a diet for everything and everyone these days. Yeah. Do you have yeah. an outlook on nutrition or, or a way that you sort of focus your energy more so across the whole diet? Um, I guess I try and eat, you know, as, as much or as many whole foods, um, you know, and, and have a pretty clean, healthy diet as much as I can, um, depending on what kind of day it is, you know, if it's a big, big day and I'm eating, I'm can, you know, burning five to 6,000 calories, um, for myself to be able to recover and back it up the next day and you can shoot being in a surplus, so consuming more calories than that. Um, and, you know, eating, eating really healthy, 6,000 calories is near impossible so you know i try and uh, put in some pretty nutrient dense or calorie dense foods you know i love my ice cream i love my cookies um i've got a real sweet tooth and um 
you know, my missus hates me for that because there's always chocolate and stuff in the house. But um, yeah, I try and eat as clean as possible, uh, but I don't restrict anything. Um, you know, if we're going out to dinner, we're going to pizza or whatever, then I just hook in. Um, yeah. I don't, I guess it just comes back to uh, eating for performance, not for aesthetics. Um, and that's something that, um, you know, I get asked all the, all the time, you know, but if you're eating for performance, the aesthetics will come. And if you can perform well, then that at the end of the day, that's what matters. Being too lean, at, at, you know, is detrimental sometimes to your immune system. If you've got a big training load and you're super, super lean, you're going to get fatigued a lot yeah. quicker and you don't have any energy stores. So, yeah, I find that's really important, eating for performance. And I know, I know that you're, um, you're very, you seem to be very on the money with a lot of the stuff you do around your performance, like the little supplements and whatnot. I know you're a big advocate for Before You Speak. Um, the coffee brand, which, man, yeah. to be honest, sitting here in my house after a couple of instant coffees, I'm starting, <laughs> I'm starting to highly consider ordering some online. What's it like? Good stuff, mate. It's great. I'll, yeah, mate. I'll send you some. It's um, you know, it's it's got the caffeine intake in there. It's got a couple of shots of caffeine in there, but it's got the superfoods. So my favourite's the Glow Mocha, which has got collagen base in it. Okay. Um, Red Yeah. Yeah, so have I. So, um, yeah, that's my favourite. Um, obviously, it helps with all your hair, skin and nails and things like that, but also around your recovery and ageing, anti-ageing and stuff like that. Um, but also all your other superfoods like ginseng, um, turmeric, you know, anti-inflammatory benefits and things like that. Yeah, awesome. And so... They're just bringing out some uh, ready-to-drink cans, so that's oh, awesome. uh, going to change the game soon too. Yeah, definitely. Hey, um... You said it before, the gym in Melbourne, which obviously you're a partner in. Um, I lived in Melbourne in 2018. So I, I love Melbourne. Melbourne's yep. a great spot, but I just missed home in, in Wollongong, man. It's hard to miss Wollongong when you've got the family here and you're on the water. So whereabouts is the gym base? Yeah. The gym's on Chapel Street in Paran. Um, it's is great, a great spot. Yeah, quite a, quite a big fitness hub around there. There's, you know, there are 45 around there, 12 rounds. Um, body fits just down the road. Um, yeah, and there's a few others around there as well. So it's a really good fitness hub. Um, but yeah, I miss the beach, mate. I'm a beach boy. Oh, same man. It, it killed me. Out. <laughs> I lived on Elwood, so yeah. I was I was on the water. But yeah, just, it's not the same. It's a beautiful yeah. city, but it's just not the same as when you brought up on the coast. No, absolutely. But mate, we've got some great people down there. We've got a really, really good community, um, which we're very proud of. Uh, you know, helping create, but testament to our coaches down there um yeah i think it's i'm a bit biased but i think it's one of the best communities that beef it's got at the moment and um you know especially in times like this now we've got a really good online community we're doing you know live workouts every day zoom calls with all our clients and members um and really pulling through together because i think at a time like this yeah training is so important and movement is key to uh keeping that mental mental element of of everything you know as uh good as possible just before we crack on with the episode, I'd like to thank our sponsors, Aboveline Security Solutions. Aboveline was started here in my hometown of Wollongong, and the owner and director, Anthony, is not only a great human, but a great businessman. They provide services in crowd control, static guards, function security, and corporate security, all with a quality guarantee. Aboveline was created not only to rival competitors, but to beat them in their trade. Constantly monitored through security KPI reports to guarantee staff are trained and skilled in the areas that your business needs, 
and to ensure they are at the top of their game all the time. Head to AboveLineSecuritySolutions.com for more. That's AboveLineSecuritySolutions.com. Now back to the episode. To be honest, man, like I've gone through a period where I sort of had a few lazy months and um, sort of some, some little niggling injuries and some fluid on my muscle belly and my left arm that sort of stopped me being able to do a lot of the stuff I wanted to do. And yeah. funnily enough, I've just recovered as all this has happened and I'm actually starting to train again. But I think more <laughs> so than ever, I, I crave that exercise every day because when you yeah. know you're trapped inside and you don't have the luxury of going and actually doing a bit of training or, or going out and being more active, man, you crave it so much more. So I think, I think this is actually a really good time for people to build habits. And, and I think a lot of businesses like yourself will, will actually come out of this period stronger for the community they've built. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's something that we've been talking about as well. And you know, holding on to the community that we've got and continuing to add value to those guys. But then once we come out of this, we're just going to hit the ground running. And I think people are going to start you know, craving that community aspect of going to the gym and things like that. It's going to be really interesting. Um, obviously, you know, hygiene and people's way around, you know, whether they want to be in crowds of sweaty people and, you know, all that kind of stuff. But um, I think the community aspect is going to be key. Uh, definitely coming out of this, this time. Awesome. Is there anything for, obviously someone like yourself, you're a seasoned athlete, you've done this for, for years now. Is it, I know everyone, it's, you probably more advocate that people exercise in ways they enjoy and find, find passion for because it's more, I guess it's more um, motivating every day and you can build some discipline around it. But if you had to, take someone who was beginning exercise and, and give them something to actually build a really good base of, of cardio and strength and conditioning. Would you suggest something that's more cardio and weights based or like, is there any recommendations for people? Um, yeah, well, there's just so, so much variety out there at the moment and everyone you know, loves different things and some people get bored super quickly. Um, I guess that's that's the best thing about BFIT is you know our programming's ever evolving, um, and you'll never do the same thing twice. Sort of thing. So uh, having that strength and conditioning is probably the quickest way to um, achieving your goals, you know, physically um, and performance-wise as well. Um, but yeah, finding something that you love for me, I guess I don't love everything, but I love nothing more than. Yes, either someone telling me I can't do something or there's sort of that perceived limitation. And then I'm like, you know what, fuck it, I'm gonna go and have a crack at that and uh, you know, die wondering if I if I don't make it. But um that's sort of what what I love doing, I guess. And I people look for inspiration or motivation from other people, but I think it's about looking inside um you and uh you know, if someone tells you you can't do something, go and prove them wrong or and prove to yourself that you can do, do greater things than what you think you can. Yeah, definitely. And what's your thoughts on tracking calories and tracking training? Are you one for probably more so while you actually have goals for certain events, I can imagine, but for someone who's generally training, do you think it's a positive to, to be tracking and, and stay accountable? Or do you think that for some people that can be too much and maybe take the... I mean, yeah, I mean, everyone's different. I used to track calories and I probably did it for 
four to five months. Um, you know, and you're always on your phone entering details and things like that. But it taught me so much um, about nutrition. And I think, I think everyone should do it at some point to understand, and, you know, how many calories are in 200 grams of chicken? You know, what's the macro break, breakdown um, in that? And, and, you know, sweet potato chips and all, all that kind of stuff. Um, just to give you a greater understanding of what you're actually eating. And then once you do know, um, then you've got, you know, you know what's on your plate, you know what, you know, if you're craving something or if you've had a big day, there's sort of different things that you can and can't eat. Um, it gave me a you know, good understanding in that. Um, if it's goal orientated, you know, if you're going to do a stand up on stage in one of those competitions, then you know, calorie counting's inevitable. Um, but I think if, if you just have a well-balanced, healthy diet and healthy outlook on it, less stress is the best way about it. Okay. That's awesome advice, I think. And for you at the moment, how are you adapting with your training? I can imagine you're still getting outside. It's still quite safe to do that and, and, and running and whatnot. But have you had to adapt majorly or do you still have a bit of access to the gym as a trainer? No, mate, the gym's closed and anyone's in there's they're uh, door knocking at the moment and finding people for it. So we're not in there at all, but mate, the gym's completely bare. It's been stripped of every single piece of equipment. Um, you know, we've hired it out to all our members and things like that. I'm lucky enough to have a biker, biker at home and a couple of sets of dumbbells. Um, but I've also just purchased some more equipment, which will um, hopefully arrive in the next couple of days to set up a home garage. Um, so yeah, I guess I'm lucky, lucky in that aspect, but, I mean, if I didn't have it, I'd just be running a whole lot more. Yeah, awesome. And I think it's probably important for a lot of people to realise the goal, probably more so now than ever, is just to stay healthy. I think I've seen a lot of people and I've spoken to a lot of mates who are, who are freaking out, they're frustrated because it's sort of like, I'm, I'm the same, man. Like, I love Muay Thai. That's sort of my, my yeah. favourite way to exercise at the moment. It's hard to do that. And I, I was on the balcony hitting a few pads with the old man last night and my nan and pop actually live below and they're like, fuck, someone was playing the drums all over. <laughs> I'm probably going to stop that. So I'm probably more just going to stick to doing a bit of dumbbell stuff and, and just adapt in these times, which I think for most people, if you can stay healthy in this month, you're going to come out of it better anyways and probably craving the stuff that you enjoy more. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, beef, it's got, you know, three online programs. Um, yeah. Be strong, be lean programs and then our be home programs. So we've got, uh, programs for people with minimal equipment so you know a set of dumbbells or a kettlebell and a band and then uh, our home workouts are for people who've got no equipment at all awesome. um, so and and they're all goal orientated programs so you know that you're going to get results with these um, whether you've got equipment or not so I think you know from a business point of view having having that um, all those products is a positive um, and then obviously giving our members members that product and and the chance to just keep moving um, you know you might not you might lose some muscle mass and and all that kind of stuff but if you've got your health i think that's the thing that you've got to be grateful for yeah definitely and to actually get access to those programs do you have to be a bfit member or can you just purchase them online so you can go online and it's like a rolling program so you sign up to the bfit online training program um yeah it's 15 dollars a week if you want to put Ben S20, you can get a 20% discount. And, uh, you know, for 12 bucks a week, you've got access to over 15 programs, um, you know, equipment-based programs or, or bodyweight programs. Yeah, awesome. And so say for yourself, like, um, I had a question for you, which I want to ask more so for, for my own personal gain is, yep. at, 
I really struggle with mobility. Is that something you focus a lot on with the amount of exercise you're doing? Or do you more so gear your workouts to be more functional that you don't have to concentrate as much on mobility? Bit of both, bro. My, um, my mobility is horrible too. I've got real tight hips. Um, Same which, as me. Yeah, it causes me a little bit of grief um, time again. But um, I do try and warm up uh, and do you know a bit of mobility. But, mate, I'm, I hate stretching and I hate all that kind of stuff. So... I've been I've been pretty spoiled and lucky enough to get away without any too too many serious injuries. Um, but I think, you know, the older we're getting and and the more training that we're doing, the more we need to recover. So I think it's something that I'm probably going to have to start implementing a lot more into yeah. my uh, training routine. Yeah, definitely. And so looking at your training routine now, obviously this year is it's going to be up in the air what we can do, what ability we have to travel, and what ability you have to attend these events where you've got literally sometimes yeah. hundreds of people um, swarm together. But is there a goal for you at the moment? Is there something you're working towards and, and training for? Um, I think, like, obviously at the start when all this came around and everything got postponed, I was very disappointed. And I put a lot on hold this year in terms of my work stuff to, um, to and made a lot of sacrifices, I guess, to, to train for this big event in America from from uh, the East Coast back to the West Coast. Um, and uh, you know, alongside my teammates, they all did the same thing as well. So at the start, it was very disappointing. But for me now, it's just like, you know what? I'm actually enjoying, probably enjoying my training a lot more. Um, you know, I've got nothing seriously that I'm training for now. It's just, you know, keep moving, keep healthy, keep mentally there and things like that. And, and I'm just enjoying that. Um, being able to you know, run in the morning or run at night, do some weights here, do something here. For me, that's just allowed me just freedom, I guess, in terms of that, um, you know, in terms of the business, we've got some employees that we need to, you know, we want to keep, keep on and, and, and show that they're valued in our business. Um, so, you know, putting on a business, business mind there is uh, tough. And um, I'm also doing some other things in my family business, which um, I've got a cleaning business that I'm setting up as well. Yeah, well. Um, so with, you know, an eco-friendly antibacterial non-toxic product, that um, sanitizes everything. Um, so I oh, think there's awesome. obviously, I used to do that, used to do that in the off season, help my old man out. Uh, but it's something that I think I might take on in the future um, and not just capitalizing on obviously what's happening now with Corona, but I think hygiene is always, you know, something that's very important, but I think it's going to be ever, ever more important coming out of this. Definitely. And is that something you enjoy? Do you enjoy the business side of things now? Um, it's something that's growing on me. Yeah. I mean, I'm getting a little bit older and now it's time to start start thinking about, you know, the future and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. You know, when you play footy, you don't think it's ever going to end and then it ends and then you're like, wow, what's next? Um, you've sort of been spoon-fed for most of your life on what, what you do on a day-to-day basis and now you've got to actually drive it yourself. Um, you know, I'm lucky to have a great support network around me that helped me and, um, you know, pushed me for me to strive to be better. Um, so, yeah, I guess looking at this business stuff is actually really exciting for me and something that um, I'm really enjoying. That's good to hear, man. And I guess it's a good time to be doing that as well as, you, you know, you got more time than ever at home and 
I guess the ability to sit down and yeah. look at other things and, and strategize a little bit. So I don't think it's a bad idea at all. I, I haven't had I haven't had this many nights with eight hours sleep since I was probably two years old. So what, what that's that's one positive to come out of it. But because because for you obviously you're up really early. Like like you said, you're up what probably four o'clock most mornings. Yeah, four or five, depending on where my sort of start is. But yeah, how many hours sleep yeah, do you man. get? Not enough, <laughs> mate. I'm, I'm probably you know in bed around nine thirty ish. I watch a TV show in bed with my girlfriend, which is probably not ideal. But um, you know, and then I'm trying. I don't sleep well. My brain just keeps going and going and going about all sorts of things. So uh, I hope to be asleep by eleven, um, and then yeah, depends what happens in the morning. Hours, Max. Yeah. Yeah. But it catches up with me, you know, on the weekend. The weekend, I need a big sleep in if I can get it. Or, you know, sometimes I nap throughout the day. But I used to wear, wear um, you know, the whoop band and things like that. And it would just always be telling me that I'm not sleeping enough. Yeah. Because it, sleep interests me a lot. Because my old man, he was, he was a shift worker. He was a copper for years. And even before being a copper, he used to work a lot of shift sort of work. And he worked four jobs at one stage while playing footy and training wow. for... He, he trained for an event, so I got cystic fibrosis. So when I was two years old, my old man organized a charity run. So they'd done yeah. 68Ks three days in a row. This is a 212K event. And he was doing it on like wow. four hours sleep. <laughs> like four, three <laughs> yeah. hours sleep a night. And I'm like, fuck, like, man, I, f- I felt rough fucking off five hours this morning, let alone <laughs> three or four hours and then running events like that. So do you notice it when you're training or... Do you think your nutrition helps with that? Um, I do notice it. I don't think you can, you know, out eat, not enough sleep or anything like that. Sleep's probably the most important thing out of everything. Um, you know, the harder you train, the harder you need to recover. So it's definitely something that I do think about a lot. And I try, you know, and do my best um, to get as much of it as I can. Um, but, you know, life, life throws obstacles at you and you just got just to gotta go with it and, suck it up and move on to the next thing yeah definitely i'm interested to hear your thoughts obviously having a rugby background i can imagine you still enjoy your rugby and still enjoy spectating yeah with everything happening at the moment how do you think this has an impact on rugby as a game and the super rugby itself yeah it's going to be interesting to see you know what comes out of this i think yeah i need to put in put some plans in place sorry to uh to ensure that you know, there's some longevity in it after this. Um, you know, money money is is vital in that, and players are taking pay cuts here and there to to ensure that they, you know their game can survive, and that's across all sport in the world. You know, and then having the Olympics move back to next year's insane and and it's things crazy. like that. But I think everyone, yeah, every, you just you just have to be able to adapt in these kind of situations. If you sit there and and start dwelling on everything, you'll stress yourself out and then you'll just go around in circles. So having a, you know, a positive outlook on everything, uh, being grateful for your health. Um, and, you know, if you do still have a job at this time, then, you know, be grateful for that because there's plenty of other people that don't have jobs and have got no money coming in at all. So, um, yeah, just being open-minded, I guess. Yeah, 100%. I feel, I feel for the boys, you know, who are around the team, team environment the whole time. And now, you know, you are social distancing or isolated inside, that's definitely going to be tough. 
Yeah, definitely. I think that's going to be probably the toughest thing for most people. You don't realize how much you rely on human connection, right? Until you yeah, sat in your absolutely. own apartment with no one else. So talk to me. Obviously, we, we spoke a little bit about some of the stuff you're training for at the moment. What are the goals for you personally now moving forward and looking into the future? Is there anything you want to achieve or tick off that you feel you haven't yet? Um, just cross America. Across the American Discovery Trail is going to be a big one. It's uh, over 7,000 kilometres on a mountain bike and, and run it in a team of four. Um, I'm looking around the 40, 45 days. Um, that's will be my biggest undertaking this far. Uh, and then from there, I think I just I'd love to focus on the business and, and give back to you know, BeFit who have given me a lot in terms of my training and things like that and then my family and look after my family business and then, um, yeah, see where that goes. Awesome to hear. And how, if you don't mind me asking, how old are you now? I'm 29. 29. So Ben Seymour was, yeah. so I'm, tw- I'm 23, so I always ask the question, if Ben Seymour was 23 again, what would he wish he knew? Oh, that's a tough one. Um... I'd, <laughs> I'd say I wouldn't have spent all my money traveling, but then, I mean, traveling was probably one of the funnest things that I've ever done. So, um, mate, to be honest, you know, it sounds cliche, but I really got no regrets. I live my life to the fullest and, um, and all those kind of things. Um, and really, really loved being over there in Europe and playing. Um, it was a shame leaving. All my mates ended up playing for Italy and that was the goal. They all went to the World Cup in Japan. Um, so that was the goal. Um, and I knew that was, you know, that was, that was always there, but you know, leaving, that was something that I had to sacrifice. So, um, yeah. No, it's good to hear. It's good to hear, man. It's, um, it's very exciting watching you do your thing and I'm excited to see as the world goes back to normal, you start prepping and, and conquer the America, um, challenge next year. So I'll be tuning in and keeping, keeping tabs on things. I really appreciate your time today. And just for the people who are listening and watching, where can they find you on social? Um, My socials is at Seymour Benny. So S-E-M-O-R-E-B-E-N-N-Y. And that's sort of where I post a lot of my stuff. And then obviously BFIT online training is all the training that I follow. And, um, you know, that's what I work, work alongside. Um, to help give back and you know support other people's goals and hopefully they can all achieve it. Definitely, man. Thanks so much for coming on. I'll um I'll be speaking to you very soon and hopefully everyone gets as much out of this as I have. Thanks, brother. I appreciate it, man. Cheers, brother. Take it easy.